Hey y'all, today we are taking Next Level Physicians International as I am getting to talk to my colleague, Dr. Ernesto Gutierrez. And we're talking about how as physician entrepreneurs, there's an opportunity to save healthcare right after this. Welcome back tribe. You are listening to Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box, where we invite doctors, dentists, and medical entrepreneurs who are breaking the mold, stepping outside the box as entrepreneurs, and practicing on their terms to share their journey, wisdom, and their inspiration with the world. I am your host, Dr. Maisha Claiborne. My calling is to help doctors find freedom, fulfillment, and full self-expression. I have helped dozens of medical professionals transform their mindset, leverage their skill set, and build profitable businesses and careers they love. Now, let's get to the good stuff. But before we do, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an opportunity for inspiration, motivation, and empowerment with me and our amazing guests. Now, let's take it to the next level, y'all. Here we go. Hey, y'all, we're back on Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box, and I am excited to take this podcast international today. We're talking to Dr. Ernesto Gutierrez, better known as Dr. E, and you know, he's a physician entrepreneur much like myself, and we've had a couple of conversations, um, and I, you, y'all know I love talking shop with my people. So I want to welcome to the podcast, Dr. E. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the very warm welcome. (laughs) Yes. Well, so, you know, I always like to get people's story, you know, and, and, and have you tell your story. Like, how did you come to be where you are? How did you jump into the world of physician coaching, physician entrepreneurship? Like, how'd that come for you? Well, you know, you know, we've spoken about this before when I first, uh, when I first finished my training and I uh, literally ended up stumbling into managing and uh, eventually owning my own practice. And that wasn't going very well because I realized that all of our training had focused on helping us or teaching me become a good doctor, but none of it had been around actually running a clinic or running a practice uh, as a business. We, you know, we, we graduated, we tend to think that as long as I'm a good physician and I treat my patients well, uh, I'm going to have a lot of patients and things are just going to work out. And in reality, there's a lot of additional variables. Of course, you have to do those things, right? But but there are a lot of other variables, like just simple things, like even knowing how to negotiate rent, knowing how to lead a team, knowing how to uh, manage salaries, knowing how to what things you can delegate and what things you shouldn't delegate. And um, all of those different things I learned very quickly. I had no idea how to uh, run them. So I was I was fortunate enough that on, on one of these very frustrated uh, Sunday chats with my dad, I talking to him. he's not a physician, but he's, he's always been uh, in charge of his companies. Um, and I was telling him about all, all these struggles and he just looked at me. He said, you know what? You've had a lot of teachers and you've had a lot of people to learn from throughout the years, but you've never had anyone teach you or show you how to run a business or how to, how, how to actually operate a practice as a business, look at it differently. And at first I was kind of offended because, you know, as a doctor, I thought, well, you know, of course I know, 
I'm a good doctor and I treat patients and they're not clients, right? That, that mindset that they're not, they're not clients, they're patients. But then eventually, you know, after I digested that over, you know, it was Sunday night and I digested that and I woke up thinking, you know what, he's absolutely right. Maybe I should seek out help. And, and, you know, destiny just, just happened. And I, I, I bumped into some stuff by Darren Hardy. Mm. Uh, somebody gave me his book, uh, the compound effect. And I've told him this, I said, listen, your book changed my life. And not because I was in the dark place, but because I realized that I could learn most of these things. And after reading that book, I, I, I looked him up online and I saw, you know, everything that he was doing. And I, I realized that he was teaching a workshop for physician entrepreneurs. And I said, I want to go. And I had no money in the bank. And I filled out the application and they said, you know what, you have to submit a $500 deposit for us to read your application. Don't worry if you don't get accepted, uh, we'll return your money. And I figured, you know what, I'll just put it on my credit card. Worst case scenario, I used to think, worst case scenario, they'll say yes. And then I have to figure out where I'm going to come up with $15,000 to go to this thing. And they said yes. And I figured out a way to come up with it. And I kid you not, I, I, I mean, that that mindset shift and, and getting those new skills just completely changed the way I looked at everything. And now I started enjoying it. I turned it around. I more than made, made it back. And, and that's when I realized that there are so many really, really good doctors out there who are considering leaving medicine or leaving medicine because they, they don't have the skills to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And they think that, you know what, I must not be such a great doctor if right. I'm not able to run my practice. And truth is, it's just because they don't have the skills. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So kind of a long answer. No, to, no, no. <laughs> to go you said into. something really, really great that I want to like point out. You said, you know, you found this person, Dan Hardy, who, who was, you know, who's, a, you know, a gargantuan in, in, the, in, the, in the entrepreneurial world now, of course. But you found this person and they said, you know, put down your $500 deposit. And you said, worst case scenario, you'll have to find, figure out a way how to, come up with that with 15,000. The thing that the thing that's so important there is that you took the leap. Like you saw you had a vision, you saw something, you took the leap and you knew that you could figure it out. One of the things I see and you could probably attest to this is we come to this like barrier as physicians like and and then there's an automatic well, I'll just go back to being comfortable and doing the on the the employee thing. I'll just go back to the sure thing. Um, rather than taking the risk. And I just really love that you, that you said that, because that's something that I did as well. It was like, you know, I was going into a program for marketing and I, I had, I didn't know where I was going to get the $10,000 to, you know, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to just, just give me, give me two weeks. I'll make the money. And I figured out, I went and I made the money and, you know, here we are. So it's, it's, I think it's a testament what you said to the mindset that you have to have um, in order to jump into something, you, you have to be willing to take a risk. You have to be willing to say yes, right? Yeah, and you have to be willing to also think a little bit outside the box because the, the, the regular thinking of a physician, you know, someone who's graduated and has 15 years of, of you know, studies after high school, mm-hmm. what is the first thing they think when they, when they suddenly see themselves stumped and they they realize that you know what i don't have the skills to run a business what's the first thing that goes to their mind oh i need to get an mba like no you don't need to get an mba you don't need to go into more debt uh, in order to do this you need you need to learn the skills for sure but there are other ways that are 
that's not the only strategy. We always used to think that we need to go back to school mm -hmm. and we need to get a piece of paper that mm -hmm. says I can run a business. When in reality, you just need the skills to run your own thing. You don't necessarily need somebody to be there uh, saying, true. yeah, sure, you, you've got the skills. You can now go, go out and do it. Yeah, so true, so true. It's interesting because, you know, I'm a avid podcast. Ever since I started my podcast, I'm an avid podcast listener. And I have heard so many very successful marketers, very successful entrepreneurs, but especially marketers who will tell you that, <clears throat> who have MBAs, who will tell you that the stuff that you have to learn in order to be successful in business today is not taught in business school. It's not taught in business school. And so you can go and get a piece of paper and you can learn theory. And even, even heard, I've heard some like of my physician entrepreneurs who have gone to get an MBA say the same thing. You'll get a theory, you'll get a bunch of books to read, you'll get a piece of paper at the end, but it doesn't really talk to you, share, uh, show you or, or teach you how to run a business. And that's what mentors and coaches do. Well, and, and when you look at, at, at running a business, um, from for for what it is and you know entrepreneurship and everything that it involves and and you know it's leading people it's managing a team it is uh marketing it is business it is sales all of those things are evolving so rapidly that it makes absolutely no sense for you to go in and spend two years studying a curriculum that is already three or five years behind like the people going through mbas right now right they they are learning stuff that used to work in the best case scenario, three months ago, and now after COVID, it's completely—it's a completely different uh, ball game. It's a completely Absolutely. different place that that your set of rules that you're playing with. Mm -hmm. So I think entrepreneurship is is so much more about being adaptable, about being resourceful, than about having all of that theory in your head. Sure, is the theory good? Yeah, but. Is it gonna give you those resources? No, you only get that by being out in the field. And, 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 and that's why you need to be constantly doing this. Ever since I did that, I go every year to that same, um, to that same seminar. It's a three-day thing because you want to keep up with it. And is it the same? Well, the basis is the same, but it changes dramatically. And I cannot wait to the one in October because I know that after this whole thing happened, it's going to be radically different. And, and, and that's a lot of the times that's also what I need. And, 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 and it's also what I've been helping some of my clients with. Like, listen, you know what? These are the things that are changing. And these are the things that you have to be looking out for. Because honestly, it's really fun as well. It really is. It really is. You know, I, one of the things that you probably see um, and that I see is docs who have an idea, but they stop short before they even get started. What, what do you like? What, what is your approach to them when they do that? It is, you know, and, and I've been guilty of that more often than not. And it is, it is that idea of thinking that you need to have all your ducks in a row before you're able to begin and that you need to get all the permits and that you need to get all the licenses and that you need to get all the, all the potential, you need to anticipate for every potential scenario uh, right. before you go out there and, and you start trying something out and you need to have, um, you know, as, as, as physicians, because we know we cannot practice with the piece of paper, right. uh, whether we like that or not, mm -hmm. that is, that is a true part, but we, we come with that same mindset into entrepreneurship and we're like, you know, I find it shocking. You and I, I remember we spoke about this last week. Um, when you have a, a, a neurosurgeon who's been, you know, who, who has literally, literally a brain surgeon, he does brain surgery for a living. 
and you suggest them, listen, why don't you do some sort of, or have you ever thought about doing some, some health coaching to help your clients with it? Well, I don't have, I don't have the piece of paper. I, I need to go to school and do that. I'm like, no, why? what makes you think that? I mean, there are so many things that you can leverage your knowledge and your huge amount of expertise and right. in, in serving other people, right? So I think, I think that's something that, that limits us. And, and it starts with mindset, obviously, but it, is, but it is that. It's that thinking that I'm not good enough. I don't have enough yet. I need to do something else. And I need to have everything set in place. I need to be able to see from start to end where I'm going before I can even begin. And, and, and that's, that's just not true. That's not how anything really works. So Any entrepreneur will tell you that. I can assure you that Jeff Bezos did not even imagine Amazon would be what it is today because if he had, he would be still petrified to start it. Yeah, you know, one of the things you talked about early on is, and we talked about, is personal development and how, you know, as a community, that's part of the development that I think that can, that has fueled us, you, you and I, me, and, and a lot of our colleagues who have become entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs forward. Tell me about like your journey and, and, and personal development. How, how is that, how for you has that impacted your business and your, your movement forward? Yeah. So when I, when I met or not, not even met, but when I started reading, um, the compound effect by uh, the Aaron Hardy. And I started following some of what he was doing online. I noticed that he mentioned a lot about his mentor, uh, Jim Rohn. So I started also studying and listening to Jim Rohn. And there's one thing that there are two things that, that have always stuck me from what he said. And I probably have already listened to all of his tapes, everything that, that are, that is out there on tape and or video. I've probably already yes. uh, listened to Love it. Me some Jim Rohn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. It's, it's it, it, really entertaining as well. Cause yes. it's, it's not like you have to be taking notes or that it's fun or that's, that it's not fun and that it's hard. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but the things that, that have really struck out is number one is don't wish it was easier wish you were better. And, and the second one that, that, that is the one that I wanted to, to bring up to answer your question is that you don't actually achieve your goals. You have to grow into them. Ooh, so love that. personal development is, is that growth is what allows you to grow into bigger goals. Because if, if today you're looking at something and it's just, it's just completely out of reach and you cannot fathom getting it, it's just a matter of getting to that point and, and developing and becoming the person that can do those things. Um, but not until you start flexing that mindset muscle as well, that you're able to start seeing those things. Because if you're used to, to very very, very square, very inflexible way of thinking, then you're stuck there. So it's a matter of, of really slowly flexing that and realizing that there is so much more that you can achieve and, and, and that there's also growth outside of the box, which is what most of my colleagues, at least from my experience, struggle with. We tend to yeah. think that it's, there's only this one path and, and there's only this one way. If I need to make more money, it's because I need, the only way to do it is I need to see more patients. Um, so in reality, there's a lot of different, different avenues. It's just a matter of really flexing those muscles. And, and the fun thing or the great thing is that as you start opening yourself up to these possibilities, you start seeing more of them and more of them. And, and mm -hmm. it just, like you said, it just becomes fun. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Um, you talk about inflexible thinking because of our industry. I mean, we're, we're trained in inflexible thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it is like that, that is the thing. And I love that you said that, you know, 
when we begin to realize the inflexibility of our thinking, there's an opportunity there. And, you know, that opportunity is to recognize what it is and then to be able to step out. You said it earlier, think outside the box or step outside the box and be willing to do that. And, and, the, and I think the thing that's so important is that we don't have to do that alone. I mean, I think one of the things we talked about is it's just surprising how everybody else in, the, in, in all the industries utilize coaching. And yet our industry, like most things, is the last to adopt it. And so, and so it, again, it's that inflexible thinking and being willing to um, look at oneself and, and, and engage in our own personal development. I love that you say you're going to grow into your goals. And one of the things that, and, and I'm sure that you could probably tell a story on this too, is that if you had asked me, I don't know, five years ago, certainly 10 years ago, if I would have transitioned out of clinical medicine primarily and be, you know, doing this thing, teaching, helping docs, have a podcast for God's sake. When, you know, podcast first came out, I was like, what? No way. Now here we are like seven, eight months into my podcast. So if you had told me all these things five or 10 years ago, I'd be like, probably not. I don't think I'd be doing that. But then when the goal, you know, when I got to the goal, when even in visualize, okay, well, I'll be a coach. Initially, it was like on the side. And then if you ever, if you ever told me, oh, well, you'll, you'll be living off of your, your, you know, off of being a full-time coach, I'd be like, really? So how's that for you? What are those things for you? Like, you know, what are the things that maybe 10 years ago you would have thought, I don't know. And then now you look back and you're like, wow, how far I've come. And all because of that personal development, that willingness to develop yourself. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, I think everything, I think I would not have imagined any of what I'm, anything of what I'm currently um, doing or the way I'm, I'm, I'm currently living and, and spending my, both my, my personal and my professional time. Um, and you're absolutely right. It is because of that flexibility that I've developed and it's because of that, of that mindset and it's because of that constant growth and, and, and openness and to exploring other, other areas. And I've given myself permission to to do that because it's it's hard you know when when you've spent so much time training to in this case to be a doctor right and and, and you start going to clinical medicine and i've always said it I, I i enjoyed it i wasn't bad my patients liked me but now that i've discovered this i realized that i probably wasn't the best clinician out there i and it's again it's not that i was bad it's just that I recognize that there were people who were better at me doing that. As a matter of fact, the last couple of years in my clinic, I, I did very little clinical care because we had, I had four, I had put together a team where there were other doctors who were better clinicians than, than I was. And I was doing other sorts of, of activities for the business that are still very closely tied and linked to my clinical background. Right. Um, so it was, I think it, it's more about, giving myself permission. A lot of the times I've also encountered a lot of people who went into medicine and now they think that they're forced to become, to be doctors and to be uh, pursuing a clinical career. Uh, again, there's nothing wrong or bad with pursuing a clinical career. I'm just saying that there are, there are alternatives and they're not wrong. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I, and I think that there is that giving yourself permission not only to think outside the box, you know, like for those docs who have these ideas and they're like, but I trained so long to be a doctor. I mean, it's just such a great point you made, you know, like, but I trained so long to be a doctor and now I've got this idea, but 
but I can't like let all these years of training go or, you know, I can, how do I, how do I now tell people I'm no longer a doctor? And I always say, honey, you got them letters behind your name. Can't nobody take them away. You've leveraged that DR in front of your name for everything that you do. You know, if you're a doctor, you're doing interior design or you're a doctor, you're doing fashion. You leverage that because it's unique. It's unique to see a physician or, you know, someone who is not typically, who's typically thought to only be in the clinic doing something else. That's, that's, that's completely, and, and being good at it too. You and, know? It, and it continues influencing whatever you're doing. So for mm -hmm. instance, in, in, in my case, I'm currently, I'm currently doing a lot of uh, coaching and consulting for healthcare entrepreneurs, but mm -hmm. I've also helped a lot of my friends and a lot of people who are not in healthcare. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I have that, I have that other expertise in, in the areas of, of marketing and business and whatnot. And, and, and you can also do that. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're boxed in. I think that it is us as doctors who tend to box ourselves in. And we tend to think that, well, you know what, that's, that's what I went to school for. So that's, that's what I got to do my entire life. And then you see a lot of them that are, that are not happier, that are not enjoying themselves because there's doctors who don't enjoy the clinical and, and, and there's a few of them that say, you know what, I just hate it. And it's fine. There's others who say, you know what, I liked it, but I didn't like the lifestyle of a physician which also happens a lot. And there are other ones that say, you know what? I love it and I would not change it for the world. And everyone is, is you know, everyone's okay. And, and it's fine to pursue what makes you happy. And, and, and speaking about what you were saying of uh, people are, well, what am I going to tell everyone else? And, and again, another thing that I learned from Darren, he said, you know what? I used to worry a lot about people liking me and about, you know, what, what they used to say. And then I realized that out of, when you die, there's only like 10 people, 10 to 12 people who will cry at your funeral. And the other thing is, the, the, the one thing that influences the most, the number of people who go to your funeral, is the weather. Because if it's raining or if it's a bad day, people won't even bother showing up. So it's like, and you're worried about, you know, upsetting them or about disappointing them. Like, and, and that, that has become, that has become my, my, my measuring stick now, you know, when I think of what is so-and-so going to say about it. And then I figure out, is he, is he or she going to cry at my funeral? Probably not. Then I don't care. Right. That's a really great, <laughs> going to cry at my funeral. That is hilarious. Oh my gosh. I've had some interesting conversations about death on this podcast. <laughs> so this, this one's, a, this is high on the list. Who's going to cry at your funeral? If they're not going to cry at your funeral, they do not matter <laughs> in, the, in the realm I mean, of you they, making they don't, decisions they don't, about they don't your life. Exactly, exactly. Right, they don't, right, right. You should, you should not worry about what they think uh, regarding your decisions or your, your lifestyle Absolutely. or the way of you living or whatever you do. Yeah, I tell my clients, you know, what other people think is none of your business. <laughs> That's right. one of my mottos, you know, when I'm, a mentor told me that once. What other people think, other people's opinions, what other people think is none of your business. That was like yeah. the biggest relief I ever had. I was like, oh yeah, it isn't, is it? Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna do my thing. And then they'll be, they'll be, you know, riding on my coattail once I'm I'm successful. Like, how'd you do that? How'd you do that? And that's exactly what happened. Um, but so so I have to ask you to like shift the narrative a little bit because yeah. I think that docs, they don't, they don't see beyond the suffering that they're currently um engaging and even like doctors who were 
new entrepreneurs who are starting things out and it's hard and it's, you know, whatever, right? What is the most fun thing about running your business? What is the most fun thing about what you do now? What do you love most about it? I really, really like the fact that I get to call the shots. I get to decide who I work with, whom I don't work with. I get to decide. Basically, I get, I get, I get to work on my terms. Mm-hmm. I get to, to decide who I want to engage with, whether I want to provide a certain service or not, when I want to stop working with somebody mm-hmm. or when I want to, you know, pretty much do anything that I, that I, that I decide that I want to do. I don't have to be responding to somebody else. I don't have to be uh, hostage hostage to, to what somebody else tells, mm-hmm. tells me to do. And the most important thing I control my destiny, my financial and professional direction. Yeah. I am not conditioned. I mean, look at all these doctors. Some of them had great salaries and, and suddenly COVID hit and they, they were cut, their, their income was cut dramatically or they were even fired. Um, and, and, and now, sure, they, they might not have a problem looking for another job, but, right. but now they don't have a job. And they've been in quarantine for four, five, six weeks mm-hmm. and without a job, without being able to see patients because the hospital just suddenly decided or realized that they couldn't afford them if they were not going to be operating. Mm-hmm. So when you look at those things and, and, and you realize how insecure that safe job is, mm-hmm. you realize that there's, there's nothing unsafe about running your own business. It's risky because right. you need to learn that set of skills and because you don't have a safety net. Uh, but in reality, you don't have a safety net either way. Right. Exactly. Oh gosh. Thank you for saying that. I mean, there's no, people think that people think that being an employee provides job security. There's, there's no more job security in being an employed person, an employed physician or an employee anywhere than there is in being employing yourself and running your own business and building in, in, in um, an empire of your own. You know, when I, in the first, um, the first, uh, uh, what's we're not the first, but the last recession, right? In 2008, the first recession as a, as a grown person, I would say, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had my private practice, you know, integrative medicine, cash based. And that was before integrative medicine was like even, you know, popular. Right. But I was the, I was the, like you said, the author of my destiny, the author of my finances. And then, you know, this time around, no better, no better time to be working from home, no better time to be a coach, you know, no better time to, to be sort of like the author of your finances. I love that. And, and for me, I, I love getting to meet all these people and talk to all these people and, you know, feeling like I've really made this contribution, but being able to do it in the way that I love to do it. I'm an, you know, introvert. I like working from home. I love being able to walk downstairs and cook my own lunch. And, you know know what, meeting these people, like you said, but doing it in your terms, because you're saying, you know what, interviewing all these people and whatnot, but you know, the most important part is that you're doing it on your terms. Because mm-hmm. if two weeks ago, when you and I first spoke via Zoom, we had been chatting, but when, when you and I first spoke, you had for any reason not really clicked with me and not liked me, you could have right then and there decided, you know what, I'm not having him on a podcast, right? <laughs> right. But now if you, if you were an employee 
and 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 your and your clinic or your practice was paying mm -hmm. for you to have this podcast and as, as one of your activities, right? Mm -hmm. And they said, you know what, you're interviewing this guy because he's got a good platform. It's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be uh, useful for us. Then you no longer have that freedom. And and of course, this is this is a vain example. It's kind of like, oh yeah, well, you, you get to talk to a person, but that's exactly what's happening to most of our right. of our colleagues. They're like, right. well, you're seeing all these patients today. Yes. And yes. you're you're treating all these cases and you're handling them this way. Mm -hmm. You're giving them these things and mm -hmm. it's checkbox medicine. So, so of course, doctors are burnt out because they're like, I've got all these years of experience. I've got all these years of knowledge and training mm -hmm. and I'm being told how to, how to treat my patients by somebody who's never laid a hand on a patient. Absolutely. How is that even possible? Right. Oh, woo. Preach it. <laughs> you know preach. Yeah, man. And, and I think that's the thing that docs are waking up to now, which I'm, you know, that's, I think that's where the narrative is starting to shift. And it's, and it's, you know, I think we've talked about this. It, it's sad that it had to come to this in order for docs to be waking up. But the, 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 the fact of the matter is, is that sometimes, you know, I don't know if you uh, ever used to watch Bugs Bunny and the Roadrunner and, and uh, Wiley Coyote and, you know, like the anvil would drop there'd be the, the, the anvil and the umbrella and he'd just be like, you know, the anvil <laughs> drop on his yeah, back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Hope, hoping, hoping the umbrella would save him. Right. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the roadrunner's like, meet me. <laughs> so like, right. I told you so, basically. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of like how it is. It's like our, our, our docs are like, you know, Wiley Coyote with the umbrella and then COVID drop, you know, is this anvil like dropping. Now, finally, yeah. it's like, Okay, time to. But you know what? I think I think one of the silver linings, if I can even call it that, about this mm -hmm. whole COVID thing is, I think that it it has blatantly and and vulgarly exposed the gaps in our in our healthcare systems all yes. over the world because Absolutely. people tend to think like, yeah, well, the U.S. is the worst, and I can say, yeah, no, 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 and Mexico is the worst, and right now this whole thing caught us here in Spain, and and you know what? They're not faring much better. Um, in reality, the problem that's happening is that everywhere, all over the world, doctors have been commoditized and the people making the decisions have never treated a patient. Mm -hmm. And when you have people who have never treated a patient making decisions on how healthcare needs to be delivered, that's when we see all these problems, all these issues. I think you and I spoke about this. You know, if, if we think of this whole thing as a military, would you imagine that, that the chief of the military had never served or that his, wow. his, his ranking officers had never served in the army or in the Navy or in whatever branch they were, they were leading. And that's exactly what's happening in healthcare right now. Mm -hmm. Because instead of just providing support, and I've got nothing against the people who are running hospitals and blah, blah, blah. The thing is, I am against not having enough physicians in those leadership positions. Physicians yeah. who can say, you know what, that's not, that's not how it works with patients. Right. You know what? That's not a way to treat doctors. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that we have enough PPE. We cannot continue demanding these uh, the, these work conditions or these uh, work environments, and we cannot continue uh, cutting their pay, and we cannot mm -hmm. continue mistreating the nurses and the mid-levels. Mm -hmm. No doctor would make those decisions. Who are making them? People right. who have never treated a patient. Yeah. And you know what's so interesting about that is that we talked to, we, we touched on a little bit, you know, there's the difference between entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship and entrepreneurship being that, that entrepreneurial mindset inside of the organization. 
And so just as much as we need physician entrepreneurship, you know, like outside of the system, docs stepping outside the box and creating their own thing on their own terms, we need also people, our, our people, docs at the table, having a seat at the table, having a voice yeah. so that the system can shift and the narrative can shift in order for that to happen. There must be allowance for entrepreneurship mindset inside of the system. And so just as much as docs need to shift their mindset to step out, they need to shift their mindset to step up as well. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Love that. Yeah, because one, one of the things is that there, there are a couple of things that as physicians, we are just wired to kind of like dislike. And one of them is, is thinking of our practice as a business, you know, and realizing that we actually have to sell and, and right. thinking of our patients as, <laughs> as clients. And, right. and we've spoken about that. And I'm sure that other people have spoken about that in your, in yeah. your podcast. But the other side that we, that we tend to dislike is becoming a healthcare executive mm-hmm. because we tend to think that, yeah, that the one who cannot do ends up becoming the chief right or ends up going up the ranks and and mm-hmm. and that's that's the belief which is not necessarily true and i don't necessarily agree with it but that's if, if we're brought up with that mindset and i'm a good doctor and i'm highly skilled at what i do and i'm a surgeon or i'm a you know hospitalist and i i'm an icu doctor and i'm really good at what i do i am and, and i'm automatically rejecting the idea of rising up within the organization because i think that as soon as I rise up, the rest of my peers are going to think that I'm a sellout. Mm. That is that is a huge problem because a lot of the times it is us as 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 an organization, as doctors, that that we hold each other off from getting to these different positions because there there might be desire. I can assure you, you talk to these doctors in the hospitals, and everyone yeah. knows what what should be happening. Oh, but yeah. when you say why don't, why don't you step up, there's that belief that no, you know what the thing is when I do then what are the rest of my peers going to think about me? Uh, back They're going to think that I'm a sellout. So. <laughs> right, right. Back to that. Yeah, it's bingo. And, it, and it's, it's how we have, it's the refusal to step up and lead at the executive and administrative level that has, I believe, um, allowed us to be in this position that we're in now mm-hmm. um, with where some everyone else is in control but us. And we're becoming these sort of puppets inside of the system you know, and so I think now that hopefully this has shined a huge light on the break on the cracks in the system that were already there, mind you, right? But like has really exposed and infuriated our community that we'll get some people, as many people as we're gonna get the mass exodus stepping out, that yeah. we'll get them also being willing to step up and um, take seats at the leadership table. Uh, so I think that's the only way that we're really going to see effective change in the system. And I hope that that ends up being the outcome because the alternative is I can see a lot of doctors walking after this whole fiasco and they're just going to go like, you know what, are we past this? Okay, perfect. There you go. It's on I'm your, it's, it, it, I'm out. It's on you now. Yeah. And we're already, we already have a shortage. I mean, there's already a shortage. I mean, I think it was last year, was it last year, year before last, where it was reported the lowest um, application rate for uh, medical schools in history. So. Well, nobody wants to be a doctor nowadays. Uh, look at that! You're you're going to graduate with a quarter of, quarter of a million dollars, and mm-hmm. you're you're going to be a slave for fifteen yeah, years, basically. and you're going to graduate with a quarter of a million dollars in debt to become an, an employee. To become another and slave, to not, like you're exactly. Slave, 
You're going to be a slave for 15 years, and then you're going to come out with a quarter million dollars of debt and still be a slave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. A, a highly paid one, if you want. They're like, yeah, well, doctors are making six figures. Sure. And they're paying high five figures just from all practice. Right, right. I mean, and they're and, having and, to pay back their, you know, $200,000 worth of debt, too. It's yeah. ridiculous. I'm, I'm actually shocked that the numbers didn't, didn't lower before. Um, but that's, that's honestly, that's where we're heading right now. So, yeah. so all of that, all of that has got to change. And, and part of the reason why I say that, that I believe that physician entrepreneurship can, can, can save healthcare is because if, if we start teaching doctors how to run their own businesses and how to be profitable, because there's nothing wrong with being profitable and with making a ton of money. I always yes. tell them like, listen, there's yes. nothing wrong with making a ton of money. There's a lot wrong with stealing a ton of money. There's right. nothing wrong with making a ton of money and serving yes. a lot of people to make that ton of money. So if we can show doctors how to do that and, and, and we can make this job or this, uh, you know, this, this, this career of healthcare profitable again, we're going to get more people interested in becoming doctors because honestly, it's very fulfilling, but fulfillment doesn't pay the bills. Right. <laughs> well, that is like the quote of the episode. Fulfillment doesn't pay the bills. I mean, not even close. So try calling Wells Fargo and saying like, yes, but you know what? But I, I, I really so helped 14 people today. Oh like, yeah. So fulfilled. They're like, yeah. pay your mortgage now. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I believe that, you know, by not only will we empower them um, in the standpoint for entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship, to be able to, to practice on their own terms, I think that these handcuffs, these golden handcuffs, will will have the key to them. You know, yeah. we already have the key to them, quite frankly, but we'll be able to take them off and really just um, impact the world in the way that we want to impact it while being profitable. I think that's that's sure. a huge, huge thing. And and I really just want to acknowledge and honor you. Um, as a person who I, I like to call you, you, you all my, my, my side-by-side warriors in healing the healers and, and transforming healthcare. And I just want to honor and thank you for being one of these people who is working alongside of me to empower um, entrepreneurs, you know, across the globe, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for, for giving me the space and the opportunity to reach your, your audience, uh, because you're absolutely right. We're all in this together. And uh, I think we're all going to benefit if we get more physician entrepreneurs out there who are, you know, leading the clinical side of it and still making ends meet. Because I think, I don't remember if it was with you that we were talking about this. Eventually, I will get old and I will need a doctor. And I want yes. a doctor who's not, when he goes in and sees me, I don't want him or her to be worried about whether he's going to have enough money to pay his mortgage mm-hmm. or, or him worried about is his car getting repoed outside. Mm-hmm. I want him to be able to focus on, on, on me or on my, my relative or yeah. my children. Yeah. So, so I think it's, it's just for the benefit of everyone. Yeah. I think when, when docs um, are at the helm, when they, you know, this, being, being empowered to be an entrepreneurship will give them that sense of power back. And I think it'll actually have more doctors stay, like you said, stay in medicine and draw more yeah. interest of docs coming into medicine. Cause yeah, like you said, you know, when we get, when we, we're, we're not going to get younger. We are going to age, you know, as, as people do. And I want someone who's going to be able to take care of me. Who's going to be thrilled to take care of me, yeah. who is going to be focused 
and um, who'll be able to take care of my, my kids and the next generations to come. So for sure. So I, you know, I gotta, I gotta ask you, of course, the listeners gotta know how in the world do they get in touch with you? What, tell us about all of the things you have going on. Cause you have a few things going on. You, you, you know, you do coaching consulting, you have this new podcast, tell us about everything you got going on and how we can be following you. Sure. Well, my, my company's practice growth formula and uh, the website is pgformula.com. And, and really you can get to pretty much anywhere, everywhere else there. We, we launched a done for you service, which is podcast in a box. And you can get to that at podcastinabox.co. And what we do there is we create an entire podcasting business. Uh, we started doing it just for doctors. And now we've branched out for pretty much any entrepreneur who wants to grow a personal brand uh, via podcasting. So we do everything from, from, creation and inception and doing all the technical publishing and then the ongoing uh, marketing and, and, and all of those things. It's, it's not complicated. It's just got a lot of moving parts. So we, we save them time in, in, in doing that professionally. So that's the other thing. But really, if you want to get in touch with me, the easiest way is on, on LinkedIn. So if you just go to uh, find Dr. Ernesto MD, Dr. Ernesto MD uh, on LinkedIn. And um, you, that's the one profile that I, that I, manage myself so you can just get in touch and I'll be happy to, you know, to, to, to respond and chat and uh, see if I can, if I can help you in any way. Super cool. Super cool. And we, and um, you guys, we're going to have all of Dr. E's information in our show notes. So make sure to check those out. Um, but, you know, just go, go check out um, podcastinabox.com that .co .co, .co. podcastinabox.co <laughs> yes and and connect with Dr. E on LinkedIn um, you know he is super approachable super fun to talk to and I know that he could really help you um, you know really thrive outside the box so I just really appreciate you coming on thanks for uh, now having my podcast be in another country on another continent now sure. we're three continents around the world <laughs> <laughs> hopefully more in the future but yeah so thanks so much for coming on and and i just like look forward to continuing to collaborate with you um in this in this journey you know you're you're very fun to work with and i we're very much on the same path and i, I know that we can do some great work as a you know as a community together for sure. And, and once again, thank you so much for the, for the invite. I, I really enjoy myself whenever I talk to you. No problem. My pleasure. All right, y'all. Well, so you know um, what to do. You check out Dr. E, pgformula.com, also podcastinabox.co. We will be having um, all of the, the information in the show notes. Uh, make sure that you pass this episode on to your friends, to your colleagues, because this is a, it's a good one. So don't let it pass. Don't let it slip through the cracks here. And, and we appreciate you leaving a review, a comment to let us know um, how we're doing. And also so that the listeners, the new listeners know that this show is legit. All right. So <laughs> y'all continue to stay safe. Have a great rest of the day great rest of the week. Thank you for listening because of course, without you, there is no podcast. We will see you all next week. Namaste.
Thanks for spending time with us on this episode of Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box. We hope you enjoyed this one as much as the rest. Remember to go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time a new episode is released. It is you as our listener who help our podcast to grow. So if you like this podcast, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you are inspired, we'd really appreciate it if you'd write a quick review and share it with five of your friends. We want to continue to expand our reach and bring this transformation to all of those doctors and medical professionals out there who are still seeking more autonomy, more freedom, more expression, and purpose in their careers and lives. Finally, if you want to learn more about how I can help you as a doctor or medical professional transform your mindset, leverage your skill set, and create a profitable business and career you love by your design, please check out my website, www.drmaisha.com. That's D-R-M-A-I-Y-S-H-A.com. On my website, you can access one of my three free masterclasses to get you started on your journey to the next level. Have a wonderful rest of the day and an amazing rest of the week, y'all. And keep your head up looking to the next level. Namaste.